0: Step into the world of advertising with FjorgeCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the Cast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjorgeCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjorgeCast, with your host Tim Barsness.
1: Thanks for joining us on Fjordcast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of Web and Mobile Development Team Fjord. And today on our show, we will be talking with Cyril LaMera about his full service agency, Track Tech Partners. Welcome to the show, Cyril.
2: Thank you, Tim. Thanks a lot Cyril, for having.
1: Absolutely, it's great to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about Track Tech Partners?
2: Sure, sure. We're a Boston-based digital agency uh, that was started about nine years ago. I started the firm uh, coming out of uh, a couple other positions I had there, and we focus on uh, basically a few things. We focus on website design. We focus on mobile and, uh, you know, SEO-friendly digital marketing campaigns and email marketing campaigns that generate leads and new business for our clients.
1: Awesome, and tell us a little bit about how you got into that.
2: Sure, I, uh, I started my career during the early 90s working on various marketing consulting engagements for major telecommunication companies like Bell Canada that were trying to, at the time, uh, market new technologies that were called the internet and intranet solutions. Um, I eventually was recruited by a small 200-person agency in Boston that ended up becoming Digitas to work on various Fortune 500 clients, uh, including American Express and General Motors and and AT&T. Helped the company grow from 200 to 2000 back in 97 and um, ultimately developed an expertise in the digital database and CRM marketing space. I um I then went to a, another agency, Havas Advocate launched the, the the Mini Cooper um and the, the other division of uh, BMW in the US. Was uh, that campaign or full service? That was a full service campaign working with an agency out of Miami named Crispin Porter and Bogusky. Uh CPB uh, has done some great campaigns in the past, and we were working with them at the time. They were doing the general advertising, and we did all the digital campaigns, all the, the email marketing, the website design, the development of a brand-new Flash site, uh, which was at the time the, the new, hip, and cool thing to do. So uh, <clears throat> and ended up becoming CMS in uh, 2003, and then uh, did some work in the travel and hospitality as my own agency in 2008 with some past colleagues
1: tell me how you came to this decision agency
2: you know it's uh, <laughs> it was uh, one of these situations where I had uh, two young kids at the time I was working for this international agency and you know on the road five days a week um, going from Boston to New York to Paris to Las Vegas back to Washington D.C. all in one week, which sounds very glamorous, but when you've got two little kids at home and you're seeing them kind of get older and older, you you realize that you've got to have a little bit of a work-life balance and, and, uh, and make priority for what counts. So I decided to just, you know, decide to, uh, start the agency, leverage the passion that I had for travel, um, the passion that I had for digital marketing and CRM and, uh, with a couple buddies, uh, decided to go off on our own and start it. And it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life and, uh, would recommend it to anybody who's, who's interested in being an entrepreneur. That's awesome. Are your partners still with you today? Uh, we have two of our original founding partners. One of them left, uh, a couple years ago to, uh, to start something else. But yes, uh, we're still, we're still together with, uh, Claudio, who was um, the creative director on various engagements like the Mini Cooper and, and some other campaigns that I worked on uh, back in the early two thousand, and uh, Jennifer Phillips as well.
1: You said you started uh, TrackTech in in two thousand eight, um, and you know these days I feel like there are agencies popping popping up all the time. Um, can you compare starting an agency in two thousand eight to starting one today?
2: Sure. Um, well, back you know back in two thousand eight, it was a very different time than today. If you if you think back, um, you know, cloud based systems, uh, virtual systems, virtual collaboration was not really something that was. Um, looked positively on or even embraced by corporate America and so you know I decided to uh, do something different with my partners one of which was you know Claudio was based down in Miami and uh, we wanted to to start something even though he wasn't physically with me so we ended up building the infrastructure all on cloud-based tools using Basecamp using Skype using GoToMeeting And we started quickly realizing that a lot of our clients were also working virtually. And and today we've got a a team both in Boston and Fort Lauderdale in in small offices, but a much larger team through our network of, um, of team members that are sprinkled throughout North America.
1: Got it. Very cool. Um, how would you say track tech sets itself apart?
2: Um, there's a couple of things. One is, uh, first and foremost, the deep expertise in, in website design, user experience design and, um, and search engine marketing. Um, we, we've taken a quantitative approach to everything we do. We like to not only include market research as part of our design, uh, and, and campaign, uh, strategy formulation but we also like to use um you know user surveys and things of that nature um, to inform what we do with our campaigns we also specialize deeply in the travel and hospitality space Uh, we work with tourism boards cruise lines hotels resorts and um, and tour operators as well to market new destinations uh, in the united states and new products and new brands and third, I'd say the, the, the third differentiator is we also have a proprietary technology where we're able to track users um, that come to the websites and landing pages and, uh, and, and campaigns in order to then be able to, um, you know, identify those, remarket to them, retarget to them in a way that is, um, you know, generates pretty high ROI. Got it.
1: How are you getting the word out about your technology?
2: Um, you know, a lot of what we do is all word of mouth. I've built the business over the years largely through you know relationships and working with people, um, and and you know going from one client and having them spread the word to their network of professionals and their network of uh, of contacts.
1: A happy client is your uh, your best salesperson.
2: <laughs> it's a lot easier to retain a client than it is to get a new client.
1: Absolutely. Um what's the coolest thing you've done in your career? That's a good one. Um I've done a
2: few. I'd, I'd say um most recently we've helped launch uh, the island of Tenerife in the US market. And Tenerife is uh it's a Canary one of the seven Canary Islands that's part of Spain and a couple of years ago no one had heard of them. Uh, and it's actually the equivalent of uh, Cancun, Jamaica, uh, for the UK market. And over the last year, we've introduced it in the US, starting to get the word a little bit out, um, and and you know dealing with all the different facets of of marketing, not only consumer marketing but trade marketing, and being able to see the results. Uh, and we've been able to double passenger volume over there over the last three years of working with them, So that's been pretty neat. that has been really satisfying.
1: What would you say the key is to those
2: results? So I think it's a combination of of different things. Uh, It's a matter of pulling a right team together, first and foremost. And that's not just on the agency side, that's also on the client side. And making sure that the uh, the client and the agency start the engagements and start the campaigns really with a strategy and a plan, and and an understanding of what need, what the co- financial commitments, technology requirements, um, and and you know overall um, key success factors are going to be of the campaign. Making sure everyone has agreement on that, and, and then just moving forward by blocking and tackling every week and every month with the client uh, on an ongoing basis.
1: It's so important to make sure that everybody's on the same page as you go into a, a campaign. Uh, we need to take a break here, but when we come back, we will be getting some marketing advice from Cyril.
0: Don't go away. George GeorgeCast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with Georgecast, only on Cranberry Radio.
1: Welcome back to Fjordcast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Cyril of full-service marketing agency, TrackTech Partners. Cyril, can you give our listeners a pointer or two on how you do your type of work so effectively?
2: Sure. Um, so it, it, it starts with um, understanding the needs of uh, the business. Uh, understanding what are going to be the the drivers of um, be it profitability. What are the business drivers? Typically, profitability or sales, or one of the two. Uh, but in some cases, it's more awareness generation. So, starting with the goals, starting with the objectives, and then uh, setting clear targets and uh, key success factors in place, key success metrics in place to be able to understand um, what needs to be done to achieve those metrics. Just taking a quantitative approach to me is one of the most important factors in in success because then you've actually got something that you can measure too.
1: Absolutely. So you mentioned your um, proprietary technology. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is?
2: Sure. So we partner with a, uh, a company out of Albany by the name of Foresight. Uh, we've partnered with them for a few years now. And they, uh, they have created this unique technology where it allows uh, our clients to place a tracking pixel on our client's website uh, that identifies the specific individual that is coming based on uh, IP address targeting uh, they have a very large database of over 180 million uh, consumers in the U.S., so are able to identify a large majority of um, your of our clients' traffic. Uh, and by taking that information on a nightly basis and sending it back to our clients, our clients are able to determine um, who came to their site on that day, what pages they visited, how long they stayed on it, what videos they clicked on, uh, what device they were on, what browser and operating system they were using, and where they exited the site so that that information can then be found to our clients' CRM and customer databases for further retargeting and um, segment prioritization.
1: I'm curious, when you say that they know who is visiting, is that on the name level or kind of more general than that? Than that?
2: So it's based on for um, for the people on our clients' database, be it prospects or customers. Now, the unique identifiers are all email addresses, so we can identify an individual person and and identify the email address that they're coming through based on who we have on the file. For uh, the other segment of users, which are largely Otherwise anonymous users and unknown users, we're still able to identify approximately five to ten percent of those anonymous users uh, based on first name, last name, uh, mailing address information. And in order to be compliant with CAN-SPAM regulations. Um, you know, then our clients can then target those individuals uh, through other channels in order to acquire their email addresses.
1: Sure. Got it. So, um, you said your hit rate on an anonymous person is five to
2: 10%. Typically that's, that's the, the range. It really depends on the industry that our clients are in, but, uh, that's, that's typically what we, we can expect of our campaigns. And does this, do you use this a lot in the,
1: the travel industry?
2: We have we've large we've used it effectively uh, with a few of our clients in the travel and hospitality sector. Uh, as you know, there's a lot of people that you know shop for different cruises and tours, and, and once they've got their schedule and itinerary and pricing all nailed down, um, you know, typically the, the percentage rates are, are pretty slow or pretty small. So it's important to really identify who's most qualified, um, and we've been able to use it for our clients to to increase. Uh, the ROI and decrease the cost per acquisition or cost per booking in that case
1: sure so you alluded to um, opening up a new travel destination um, to the to our local market um, I'm curious what the that process looks like for you
2: uh, it, it starts with understanding the marketplace in the travel and hospitality space um, you know there's a lot of so much competition so it's important to understand who your competition is uh, what they're doing and how they're being marketed online and, and being able to understand um, you know uh, what are the behaviors and what are the psychographics and demographics and and lifestyle characteristics of the customers and, and users you're trying to reach um, so it starts with that and and from there then targeting Uh, The media properties, um, targeting emails, lists, targeting um, search engine keywords, and and targeting even, you know, offline uh, activities that align with. Sure.
1: Um, How has channel analytics uh, improved your ability to be effective?
2: So we, we use channel analytics all the time. Uh, you know, there's different types of analytics. There's the web analytics with, you know, could be Google analytics or, you know, search engine optimization tools that will give you a lot of different types of intelligence on um, what keywords are, are driving traffic to, to your competitor's site as well as to your site. Uh, but there's also now, you know, now that you can capture who's coming to your site, what they're doing. Uh, you can do custom in-house um, segmentation analysis to really understand um, who your best customers are and your most profitable customers are in order to then uh, perform look-alike targeting through other channels.
1: Do you think it makes more sense to um, try and make unprofitable customers profitable or to focus on the ones where you do currently make money?
2: Focus on the ones that you're making money and target other audiences like that. Sure. And, that's yeah.
1: So there's no way to really change a, a customer who you struggle to make money at.
2: I'm not saying that there's no way to do it, but it takes a lot more time, effort, and energy. You know, the the reality is there's different there's different things that you can do to move down the purchase cycle. And one of the things we do for almost all of our clients is once you've acquired somebody through an online contact form or lead capture form, uh, we feel. to to put them in a campaign of lead nurturing and that often resembles a series of coordinated and well-planned email contacts as well as potentially follow-up phone contacts and in some cases where applicable direct mail as well and doing a coordinated contact strategy to drive that prospect deeper into the purchase funnel uh, get them interested about your service and/or product, and then ultimately uh, purchase that product.
1: Sure, absolutely. And obviously, the velocity with which you can get them through the funnel—the um, faster, the better. I would think. Maybe not always.
2: Not always. I mean, in some cases, you know, that works when when you've got a B two B B two C uh, client and kind of uh, get them to purchase, um, be it a widget or be it a trip or be it a, a water bottle or whatever it might be. But in some cases, uh, particularly in the B2B segment and when you're targeting businesses, you've got some really long sales cycles. We've got uh, one client who's a supply chain management software uh, leader where in some cases you have a 10, 12, 14-month sales cycle. So you know to do follow-up communications all within a matter of a few days or a few weeks is not relevant to these guys in a B2B environment, you've got to think about, you know, not only, um, what that buying process looks like, who are the influencers, uh, who are, you know, you know who may be performing independent third party research like the analysts. So there's, there's a lot of things that you can, um, uh, there's a lot of different types of sequencing strategies that you can put in place to to drive that effectiveness, particularly in B2B.
1: Right. At that level, it's almost more important that it's predictable than that it's quick.
2: Right. Absolutely.
1: Perfect. Um, we need to take a break. But when we come back, we will talk about some email marketing tips from Cyril and um, ad targeting with psychographics.
0: Don't go away. George Cast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1 866 625 That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. Is your
1: website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit Fjordigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.
0: Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with cast only on Cranberry Radio.
1: Welcome back to Fjordcast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Cyril LaMere of TrackTech Partners. Our first story today is from the Ta- TrackTech blog. Um... It's titled, Email Marketing Tips for Marketers in 2017. Uh, It outlines five tips for effective email marketing. Do a 2016 results comparison, which I love. A-B testing, optimize for mobile, test different variables, and resend your emails. Um, It seems like there's a lot of testing in there. I'm curious um, about the A-B testing component. What is the volume of email you need to be sending for A-B testing to be effective?
2: You know that depends on on the response rate and the quality of your list first and foremost. I mean, lists are are really the most important thing, and and in order to get statistical significance, you've got to get you know, a, typically you know a few hundred responses is typically what we want to see in terms of um, click through click throughs that come in. But you know, it depends on the quality of the list. But,
1: when when you guys are doing AB testing, are you doing it as a generalization on the group, or are you looking for specifics like this person clicks a red button, this person clicks a green button?
2: There's different things. Um, so we will test different uh, subject lines. We like to do that a lot. If and then we'll split the list AB, um, mm-hmm. typically random sample. We like to perform AB tests of different calls to action and what those calls to action look like. Uh, the type fonts that are used, um, whether it's just a link or whether it's a, you know, a very, very prominent call to action. And um, the other things that we like to test is testing different days of the week and times when we send the emails. Uh, Because depending on Again, your audience, you can see drastically different results. Absolutely.
1: Our second story today um, is in Adweek titled, BuzzFeed thinks marketers will find more success with psychographics than demographics. Um, Cyril, I'm curious, uh, have, you, have you worked with psychographic t- targeting at all?
2: We have. Um, we've done a bunch of it for a variety of different clients, um, both in email uh, acquisition activities, both uh, display targeting and even retargeting on uh, on Google and other search engine platforms. And
1: how does the psychographics play into that?
2: Well, psychographics, you know, one example is, for example, is we were, um, you know, we've been trying to target the, the island of Tenerife to people that are adventure seekers. Um, the island is, is full of different activities it's you know think of it as a combination of uh you know barcelona and uh saint john and maui all put together it's going to appeal to people who are uh active people that like different activities be it surfing be it hiking be it volcanic things Uh, so we've we've effectively used it both through facebook targeting social media targeting uh, google retargeting um to, you know, to identify those psychological profiles of individuals that like to do things, we've certainly seen some positive results.
1: Sure, I, I imagine in the travel industry in general, that's a a really important um, way of finding people. Absolutely. Uh, if you compare that to demographic targeting, maybe there are some demographics that also apply.
2: Yeah, there's there's typically, you know, it's not all. You know, psychographic always, there's typically a little bit of uh, demographic overlay that you want to focus on. For example, you know, if you've got some people that are traveling uh, and have the perfect psychographics, but they're, you know, they're between the ages of 18 and 22 with limited, um, you know, with low income, that's not going to work for an effective campaign. So in some cases, it's a matter of t- tying in different age groups. Um, different demographic profiles, potentially like gender um, as well as income levels as well household um, household income
1: absolutely it was interesting in the article um, they were calling out how um most millennials consider sharing a piece of content as though they 're sharing a piece of themselves I guess that 's something i 've never considered before, but um you know that I think that um, I guess that perspective is is. I guess it goes a little deeper than I would have thought.
2: Yeah, especially with the you know the Gen Ys, they 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 really think of uh, themselves very differently than uh, people more of my age group. You know, it's it's uh, it's changed the way the way consumers uh, think about social media, social media content, and, and uh, particularly if it's user generated content.
1: Right, absolutely. And we are out of time, so that's it for today on Fiorgcast. Uh Thanks for joining
2: us, Cyril. Thank you very much for having me. Much appreciated.
1: Absolutely. It was a pleasure. You can find Cyril's company at, online at tracktechpartners.com. That's T-R-A-K-T-E-K, partners.com. Or reach him by email, clemere at tracktechpartners.com. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. Uh, you can download episodes of our program by going to cranberry.fm. Or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio.
0: The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited.